listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews, and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au, where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine. In today's episode, we'll be talking with Monex Sales Director, Joe Rowland, who is passionate about using his wealth of knowledge in the non-residential and civil infrastructure sectors. And Joe will need all that passion because we'll be talking about Modex, Australasia's rather, leading manufacturer of modular, no-world hot dip galvanised barrier systems. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Joe Rowland. Thank you, Branko. Glad to be here. Okay. So in your own words, sir, can you tell me what does Modex manufacture? And, and, and you know, it's been around for a while. What is it actually around for? Yeah, so it's a it's a good question, and I'm um, glad to clarify it for you. So, Modex is, um, I would say, Australasia's leading manufacturer of pre-engineered and and pre-configured handrail and balustrade systems. And um, what I would say, I would go as far to say as before Modex um, existed, there was nothing quite like us available. And um, what we've done, I think, over the over the years is um, taken a lot of the fear out of specifying or um, applying the products that we supply. And when I say fear, I mean fear of um, compliance challenges. It can be a real minefield. And we've tried to really dumb it down, simplify it, and make it um, make it easy to get it right. Interesting you say that because I have a feeling whilst most Australians may not know the name, I'm pretty sure most have actually used or at least or at least touched some of your products. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I think that's fair. Yeah, no, we, we're putting out a lot of um, a lot of handrail when you think about you know, between 900 and 1,000 metres of wow. handrail system going out a day. Wow, um, a day? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's across Australia and New Zealand. There's a fair chance you come across it somewhere, that's for sure. Definitely. So, okay, so let's talk about sustainability because we're talking about manufacturing as well, right? So, and that's those two, those two, along with the built environment, they, they go hand in hand. How does Modex go about reducing carbon emissions in the manufacturing and construction industry? And how does this tie in with uh, prefabricated building components? Because now, now that's something that's becoming obviously a lot more common. It's a topic that I find, you know, myself have found over the years can, can be quite um theoretical and philosophical if you like um, when people talk about sustainability and um i think you know we all have good intentions but it really comes down to the actions that we take and um and what we what we put into action within the business and um one example of of the way we've we've put i suppose this um reduction of carbon and sustainability into action in the business is um in New Zealand, if we talk about that for a minute, we've uh, we've undertaken to plant a tree for every invoice that's written, and um, it's you know it's interesting. The team really enjoy that. Once a month, they can get out um, as a group, a little bit of team bonding, building, and um, and they they plant the trees. And um, yes, it's you might say it's very small, but it's the sum of parts, isn't it? That makes a difference when you're talking about offsetting carbon. That's just one example. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. It, it's not just a sum of parts. It's it's the 
if you were, if you extrapolated that, if every company did that for every invoice, well, we'd have absolutely, a very yeah. green world. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and look, another another example of where um, I think we're really taking the fight here is we have a goal to pretty much reduce paper completely um, in the business down to by twenty twenty five. So what are we talking now? Less than twelve months um, from where we are, and we've been on that journey now for about eighteen months, and it's it's interesting to um, measure the progress to this point. And you know, previously, a lot of paper was used in the in the actual manufacturing plant, uh, printed out plans, um, cutting lists, pack lists, and all those things. So you know, reams of paper going out the door almost on a daily basis, and with our new scheduling system a more sophisticated platform where um, we're really getting up on that and we would have seen a, probably a 60% reduction wow. in the in the last 18 months and we're only going um, we're only going forward from here so that's exciting I would say to see that actual tangible um, result from that focus um, I read somewhere uh, it was actually in my, my magazine that Modix is committed to a low carbon future, which is what you were talking about. But so, the, but where I want to go with this is, is this looks as if Modix is working towards something like an efficient type of circular economy model, and also re thereby reducing its, its carbon fo footprint through offsite manufacturing. So, can you explain, or firstly explain, what um, how you see a circular economy, and how does it work across? an end-to-end -end manufacturing process such as yours? Our listeners may already be across what a circular economy is, but in simple forms, it's it's um, it's an economic system that's designed to minimise waste and um, it make the most of resources, get the most use out of them. Um, and for us, we we take that seriously in the business. And I think the whole core of ModX and what we are as a, as a modular um, supplier to the construction industry lends itself well to a circular economy. Um, and what I would say here is the the very nature of the way our systems are um, assembled is using castings that are that are kind of common across different different product ranges. Um, and in a lot of cases, you know when you install a balustrade or handrail, it's not required um, for more than 15 to 20 years as a, as a life. You know, and sometimes more, obviously, but um, there's a real, I suppose, opportunity that's created with a modular system to bring those castings and, and bring those systems back in and reuse them, um, even in their original intended use. And with a traditional welded or fabricated system, um, you're talking about cutting it up with an angle grinder or an oxy torch. Um, it's a messy process and it's it's a lot of scrap steel that can't be easily reused. So the modular system and the fact it's it's built with components means it's, it lends itself to to reuse um, a lot better than traditional methods. Steel, um, correct me if if my memory serves me correct. It's been a while, but let's see if I let's see if I remember. Steel is kind of is it's more or less infinitely recyclable, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, and there was some, there, there was some um, 
guess, back in the early days of when people started talking about sustainability, which is what you what we're talking about here. That kind of process copped with a bit of a bit of a bad name, but it's it's, it's changed, hasn't it? Because people have realised that hey, you can just keep recycling this, so it's actually in a lot of ways it's, it is a quite a sustainable material, isn't it? Yeah. Look, and I think I think you're right. Um, I think at the bottom of it, yes, steel is something you can melt down and reuse. Um, in reality, if you look at our situation down here in Australia and New Zealand, um, that doesn't happen. And as, as steel gets to the end of its life cycle and gets it rusts out, it um it gets put into landfill or or put into a scrapyard, and um you know maybe in the future we'll see steel being scrap steel being put back into use more often um, down in this part of the world. But I think where I was going before is that we're kind of extending the life cycle or the the usable life by being modular rather than having something. And I'll, I'll give an example. Um, you know, on, a, on an accommodation village in a, in a remote construction or infrastructure project, you've got, you know, three or 400 beds, modular buildings set down and they need, access ramps and handrails and things to make that function. So you do that the traditional way, you go and weld up handrails, they all come in um, and it could be ramps for that for that matter, which is another product line, but um, you bring them in and they're only there for the life cycle of the project. Um, the chances of that actually being reused, you know, three years later is very low. Right. Um, and when you look at a modular system, the actual core components of that could be pulled apart the same way they're put together and repurposed in another application. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope that helps explain, but we've got a lot of work to do, I would say still in this area, but there's opportunities to really explore, you know, getting the full life um, out of modular components. And, the, and there's, Again, correct me if I'm wrong. There's, there's also a business case to be made there as well because you know, you're actually saving money. You know, so it's good for the bottom line, not just not just good for the environment. Yes, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about new products. You guys have some new products out there. Um, there's a sustainable new product um, development. Um, like the Easy Built, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Easy Built Offsite Manufactured Stair and Ram System. Um, what are its features and benefits? And uh, what about does it have any new materials, or is it made by any new processes? Yeah, so fundamentally, it's the same material. Um, we're talking about galvanized steel, right? And I think, yeah, the reason we went to ramps um, and the actual ramp structure is, you know, for a long time now we've been putting handrails or balustrades on ramps, on disability access ramps. And we've seen pretty well every type of ramp that's out there um, and, and the issues that come with them. And we've tried to attach our products to to those ramps. Now, what we've always found is that access to a building is something that happens very late in the process. And um, it's almost too late when they start to think about how we're going to give people safe and compliant access into the building. So... I think we saw an opportunity and a need really in the market um, to, again, like we've done in Modex over the years, modularize the actual ramp substrate. So the thing that you're walking on, not just the handrails that go on the edge. Um, 
So, you know, our aim, and we've got work to do, but our aim is to have modular ramps um, able to be turned around and delivered, ready for installation within three to five days anywhere in Australia. And um, if we can achieve that over the next couple of months, we're, we're well on the way to, I think, um, changing the game for people when it comes to last-minute access that's required. And, you know, it you, you do think um, why... Why is access left to the last minute? I really don't know the answer to that, but I do know that it's it's across the board. It's everywhere. Yeah, so it's it's a series of standard components, um, you know, straight pieces, knuckle joints, sections, legs, um, mounting brackets. And what we do is when we are given a project to price, um, the team will configure that in a, in a configurator. Um, it'll spit out a price, a part list, and um, once the quote is accepted, the parts are assembled. Um, there's some pre-assembly in the workshop, so we'll actually pre-assemble some of the some of the items, and then we'll send the kit out, and it'll be installed. And this, this in a way, also reduces waste, uh, doesn't it? Absolutely does. Yeah. Okay, because your environment's more controlled. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said you know. You've seen just about every every ramp and rail there. Um, I've got to ask, how many are there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a good question. Um, I suppose it's it's how long is a piece of string in some ways. It's um, you know, the biggest challenge we see with with ramps that done the the traditional way or the way they're done broadly now in the market is that they're not designed with the compliance of the handrail system. Right. which is what's protecting the people in mind. Right. They're, com- they're designed to, to take foot traffic or yeah. to, take, to take weight. And you start putting a, a barrier that's 1.2 metres high or 1.5 metres high on top or on the edges of that construction um, and then start applying the actual loads that the Australian standards call up, the base structure is inadequate for those loads. And, and that, that's largely the case. You know, and we see that in in schools and and these kind of things and they're places where you you want you know over engineered <laughs> rather than the other way mm-hmm. um so i suppose for us it's a putting our products onto substrates that are, are not up to the job we don't we don't like doing that so we'll push back and have the have the um the builder or the construction company consult with their engineer often there's changes needed to be made to the actual ramp itself to suit the the handrails so this is really some of the thinking and some of the experience that's led us to developing a a ramp system mm-hmm. that is incorporates the handrails, if that makes sense. And the whole thing has been thought through from, let's call it from base plate, from ground through to the top of the handrail where the applied loads are. You also have a thing called the Modex Thrive Initiative, which, which, which focuses on sustainability, which also extends to people delivering on health well-being and it's designed to foster a learning culture and obviously a culture of thriving uh, hence the name so to quote a famous line please explain i think it's pretty close to the heart of of all the directors at modex um myself included we we want to build a business of people who are who are thriving not just a, a business that is um is making money I think probably fundamental or at the heart of it, um, our belief is that you know, a customer or a, 
somebody who's touching the business will never have a better experience than our employees have in the business. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's a um, it's a belief that if we look after people, then they'll look after look after others for us, mm-hmm. and um, and we all grow together. When we thrive, you thrive. It's a bit of a line we use at Modex. That means when sorry, I think I said that the wrong way around. When you thrive. We thrive. The business thrives. It's um, it's a shared thing. So, look, there's many initiatives, and the business puts a lot of emphasis in this area. Um, we budget for it. We we believe it's really important to put people front and center. I, actually, I think it's I think it's paid off over the years. Okay, I, I was going to say I actually think that, that that saying works both ways. It's, it's a multi-directional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I was going to say, you guys would have not all that much local competition, but it's mainly from overseas, isn't it? Um, look, there there is elements locally. I suppose we're unique in that we, we bring together an offering in a unique way. But in terms of, there's always the way it has been done for many, many years, and then there's the way we're doing it. And it really comes down to a choice for our, for our clients. Um, I think just to probably cast right back to where it started you asked you know what are we renowned for what are we what what makes us unique probably something just that i didn't talk about then which i could add to that is the design process let's say post-sale um so we've made it very easy pre-sale to get the compliance right Mm -hmm. um, to specify the right product but then once we have we're we're given a job and we're we have it there to deliver it's um it's in the orders book so to speak then there's a very um, structured process internally to apply our systems to the substrate and to the to the site conditions. Um, so to go and get the information from site, bring it back, um, apply our products on, submit a design intent, as we call it, to the client for a review, and then finally get the tick and, and move that through to manufacturing. Uh, that sounds really simple, said fast, but um, the challenge for us is as as the company's grown and we're talking the scale of meters a day now to actually be able to do that um, efficiently and and accurately every time and be putting out compliant systems it's it's been big for us to get that right and um, I really feel that you know while you can go and buy a, a post connector and a piece of pipe at a steel barn mm. you can't buy what I just described. And um and that's the value that we're we're adding. You said it sounds simple as it does. Unfortunately, there are people involved. <laughs> that stuffs everything up. I was going to say, um, what are some of your most recent and, and uh, when I say recent in terms of it's something iconic, perhaps um, projects or perhaps something a little more challenging? Because I'm pretty sure you guys get everything from the 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 mundane to to the to the unbelievable in terms of what you have to design for. No, we've um we see a lot of different projects and probably um the more iconic projects we've been involved in um at Modex in recent years would be the rail projects, um rail and infrastructure. So some would have heard of the level crossing removal projects in Victoria, where they're going through taking out the the old level crossings that are dangerous and replacing them with well, basically taking the rail either above the road or or taking it under the road. And with that, there's a lot of infrastructure and a lot of concrete, um, a lot of pathways and a lot of handrails and barriers. So that's um, that's been really big for us. 
right now we have a um, for us a large project in Western Australia, the Melconnex and the Metconnex projects. So they they're large um, steel beams, and they're basically lifted rail and um, taken it above the road, circling Perth. It's a it's a huge project if you check it out. But um, Monex got involved in that about I'm going to say two and a half years ago, uh, maybe three years ago. We've had a team internally working with the designers on the other side um, for probably 18 months. Um, and then that, that turned at that point and we're now underway with manufacturing and delivery. But um, quite a lot of, quite a lot of um, considerations when you're putting handrails and barriers on an elevated concrete structure. You know, if a train was, was to stop or break down or it needed to stop, um, and then you have what they call a detraining event. That means that all the passengers are coming out of the train onto the concrete structure. Um, all those barriers need to be able to handle, you know, the, the panic and, and those challenges. That's probably one I'd share. There's, so there's, there's, there's a very, very obvious and very direct safety component there, isn't it? It's, it's quite, you know, um, you know I, I would say critical to, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to commuter and, and public safety. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, we feel our responsibility there, I suppose, in um we are really custodians of public safety in, in some ways. Um there's the promise we make around our our barriers and the compliance, and then there's the application of them. Yeah, equally important. Yeah, so there's rail, um there's there's quite a lot of road and roadside projects we get involved in. So that's probably the we call it the civil and infrastructure side of what we do. Education is another area that we're we're doing more and more in. The Victorian School Building Authority is is a we have a good um, relationship with them, and we work in with them on their on their needs. And in fact, the Easy Built Ramp systems were developed largely with input from the VSBA. Hmm. So I don't know if that helps answer your question. No, no, it does. It, it, it's conscious. There, there is a lot of structural work here in Sydney as well. Yeah. So there should be. Um. So let's talk about the future, Joe. What's on the horizon? Or dare I say, on the top of the ramp, if you like, for modern. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I think, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking to extend what we've created, I think, down under here in, in Australia and New Zealand and um, and take it to other parts of the world, not in the immediate term, but certainly it's it's on the horizon for us at the moment. Um, so I think global expansion, definitely on the horizon. Um, probably another thing to say is that we... We're investing, or we're committed to invest heavily in technology within the business. So just the um, the systems and platforms that we use both both inside the business to be efficient and deliver quickly, but also to create platforms we can extend outside the business so that um, users of the product can actually interact and um, go as far as even designing certain elements of their project and then submitting it through for us to deliver. Um, so yeah, I would say it's, it's those two things, Branko. It's it's technology, um, investing there, and and looking outside of the shores of Australia and New Zealand mm-hmm. is what is immediately immediately ahead for us. It sounds like a bit of a bit of world domination there on the uh, on, on the show. <laughs> Look, um, I've got to say, Joe, you've uh, you've managed to make uh, guardrails and ramps and stairs uh, are quite fascinating. Thank you very much for your time. No problem, Branko. It's been good to chat. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design and our interview with Joe Rowland, 
Sales Director of Modex. Until next time, goodbye. I'm Branko Melodic and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design, brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews, and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au, where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine. Thank you.